In a small village in Poland, many years ago, lived a simple Jew named Moshe. He was a Kretschmer. He rented an inn from a Poritz, like many Jews did in those days. Moshe worked very hard to support himself and his family, but he was satisfied with his lot. He was never heard to complain. In fact, he was always happy always had a smile for his customers whenever anyone would come to his kretschma for a place to sleep or something to eat as they were traveling from one place to another. Most of his customers were Jews who were on their way from one town to another on business and they would stop to eat something or to daven or to sleep when they found a Hamish a place to do so. One dreary, rainy evening in Cheshvan, when Moshe did not expect anybody to be traveling, he was astonished to hear a wagon outside. He opened the door, and it was his Rebbe, Rebbe Naftali, who had arrived with his attendant. It was only about a month since Moshe had returned from spending sukkahs with his Rebbe, and now he was hosting his Rebbe in person, what a schus! Moshe made his Rebbe very comfortable and prepared the best meal that he possibly could. After the Rebbe had eaten and benched, Moshe was very surprised to hear the Rebbe ask him for a favor. Rebbe Moshe, would you be good enough to ride into town and buy me a silver snuffbox, please? Moshe could hardly believe what he was hearing. What kind of request was this to make on such a stormy evening? And where on earth would he find a silver snuffbox so late at night? But Moshe was not going to question his Rebbe's ways. He knew the Rebbe was in earnest. So Moshe put on his heavy coat and his rain boots, and he harnessed his two horses to start on this strange errand to the nearest town, which was about two hours' ride away. As his horses were making their way down the muddy road, he heard a desperate cry in the distance. Help! Help! Please, we need help. He stopped the horse and listened carefully, and he heard the desperate cry again. So Moshe pulled the horses to a stop. He took his lantern and set off in the direction of the call. He came upon a truly awful scene, a carriage had gone far off the track, was stuck in a muddy ditch. The two horses were unable to pull the wagon out of the mud, which was sinking ever deeper. The coachman had left to try to get help, but the wagon was sinking, and inside the carriage was a Poritz with his wife and two children. They were stuck in the mud, and if Chasvashalam, somebody wouldn't get them out quickly, they would be swallowed up. Moshe brought his horses quickly. He harnessed his horses to the carriage, and then with a loud call and a swing of his whip, his horses were able to pull and pull and shake and heave the carriage out of the mud until finally it was free. How can we thank you, exclaimed the parrots. We need somewhere to stay. Please, take us to the nearest Kretschma. We need to dry out and warm up 
and eat something. I can help you, said Moshe. My inn is very close by. You'll be most welcome. I will make you as comfortable as I possibly can. So Moshe led them back to his inn. He led his distinguished visitors inside, quickly prepared rooms for them, while his wife got busy with preparing a nice, hearty, warm meal. In all the excitement, Moshe had completely forgotten about his errand. Only very late that night, as he was about to go to sleep, did the Rebbe's attendant come up to him and say, Moshe, the Rebbe would like to speak with you. Moshe went to the Rebbe and apologized for not bringing the silver snuff box. The Rebbe ignored him and said, Rebbe Moshe, when the Paritz will ask you tomorrow how much he owes you, you will charge him only for the food and the room. Do not accept any reward from the Paritz for having rescued him and his family. Oh, and by the way, added the Rebbe, I don't need the silver snuffbox after all. The next morning, the Paritz asked Moshe, How much do I owe you? So Moshe gave him a bill for the food and lodging. Yes, of course, said the Paritz, but how much do I owe you for your trouble in saving our lives? Nothing at all, replied Moshe. I only did what any decent person would do to help someone else in trouble. Are you sure? said the Paritz. Here, here's a thousand ruble. You've saved me and my family. Moshe had never seen such a large amount of money before, but he was not tempted. The Rebbe's words were ringing in his ears. I'm sorry, he declared firmly. I will accept no reward. So the Paritz put the money away and said, Well, then let me at least write down your name and your address, which he did. Then the Paritz, his wife and children, thanked Moshe again for his kindness, and they went on their way. Ten years passed, during which time the Tzaddik of Naphtali passed away. Soon afterwards, Moshe's financial situation took a turn for the worse, Loyalenu. He fell behind with his payments to the Paritz. The Paritz had no sympathy for him. The Paritz was a harsh man. He told Moshe that if he did not pay up the rent in full within three days, he would lock Moshe up in a dungeon on his estate. He would seize his two youngest children as hostages, and he would throw his wife and the rest of his family out into the street. She will have two weeks to raise the money, said the Paritz. If she doesn't return with the money by the end of the two weeks, I will beat you to death, and I will force your two children to accept our religion. There was nothing Moshe could do within three days to pay the rent in full, or three weeks, or even three months. He hoped against hope that the Paritz would relent, but this was not to be. When the three days were up, the Paritz's men came and seized Moshe and his two youngest children as hostages. They were locked into a dungeon on the Paritz's estate. Here Moshe languished, huddled with his children for warmth, fed only bread and water. He had no hope that his wife could raise the large amount of money to free them. If the Tzaddik Reb Naftali had been alive, he would surely have hastened to rescue Moshe. But that was not possible. So Moshe's only hope was that the Rebbe would intercede before Hashem on his behalf. Although Moshe did not consider himself worthy of a miracle, he davened that Hashem would indeed perform a miracle, at least for the sake of his innocent children. Day after day, Moshe davened with all of his heart, 
and he washed his face with the tears that streamed unceasingly from his eyes. I should never gave hope that help would come from the Abishter. The two weeks were nearly up, but there was no sign of help, nor could Moshe expect any mercy from the cruel parrots. When the last night approached, Moshe recited his tefillos, and he prepared himself for the next day to be beaten to death. Soon after Chatzos Alayla, Moshe heard steps outside the door of the dungeon and a quiet voice. You! You in there! What's your name? Speak quickly! My name is Moshe, he said. Please, save me, whoever you are. But the man who had spoken, whoever he was, was gone. The minutes were ticking past. Moshe began to wonder if perhaps he was dreaming or or just imagining something in his desperate situation. But his trust in Hashem was now stronger, so he davened with all of his heart, Please, Hashem, make it true. You can show a miracle, even to an unworthy person like me. Help me, Hashem, help me. As dawn began to break, Moshe heard people outside. Soon, the door was broken down, and Moshe and his two young sons were taken to a distinguished-looking carriage, which sped to safety beyond the reach of his cruel landlord. Moshe was so dazed. Opposite him in the carriage sat a well-dressed Paritz, happily smiling at him. Do you remember me, my dear friend? Do you know who I am? asked the stranger. I don't know you or remember you, but you must be an angel sent by God Almighty to save me, replied Moshe. No, laughed the Paritz. I am not an angel. I am a man. And I was once bogged down in the mud one wintry evening with my wife and two small children. We might have been stuck or even sunk in the mud if you hadn't come to our rescue. You were the one who came like an angel to rescue us. Now Maisha remembered. And the parts continued. You, my friend, would not accept any reward that I offered you. Do you remember? So now I have a chance to return the favor you did for me. But I must tell you what happened. I was traveling to Kiev. I had no plans to take a side trip, but the coachman fell asleep and the horses took a wrong turn. When we realized we were heading in the wrong direction, we decided to stop at the nearest village in order to stay at an inn for the night. As soon as we reached an inn, I recognized it as your inn. I was so happy to be able to see you again. But when I knocked at the door, it was opened by somebody else who was none too happy to be disturbed in the middle of the night. I asked what had happened to you, and he told me that you had been unable to pay the rent, and that the parrots had taken you hostage. So I went to see the parrots immediately. I offered to ransom you, but he told me that he was not interested in money. He wanted to make you and your sons and your entire family to accept our religion, and he thought this would be an excellent opportunity. So I saw I had no choice but to plan a secret rescue attempt. And here we are. Moshe wanted to thank the parts, but the parts stopped him. Please don't thank me. I'm only returning a favor. Because you wouldn't accept my reward, I felt that I still owed you this favor. From now on, you shall have no more financial difficulties, because I would like you to work for me as the manager of my estates. 
I would like you and your family to move into a house which I will prepare for you so that you can take over your job as soon as you're ready. Moshe's eyes filled with tears, but this time they were tears of joy and gratitude to the Abishter. And now he realized why the Tzaddik Reb Naftali had sent him out that cold wintry night to look for a silver snuff box.